All right. Hey, guys. Man. I, uh, I'm not the one that's worthy of the praise, I'll tell you that. Man, it's, uh, my name's Evan. There's a few of you in here that I don't know, but man, there's so many of you in here that have loved for months and years and decades. Um, this has been the place that I've honestly missed the most over the last month. Um, this is such a beautiful community. Um, so a little prerequisite before um, I get rolling. Um, this was not at all my intention to do tonight. Um, you know, I, I obviously have been focused on other things the last month. Um, haven't had a whole lot of time to read my Bible for some reason. <laughs> had a bit of a thump to the noggin, too, that's kind of slowing me down. Um, but, uh, you know, a couple people that I respect very deeply asked me to do this. Um, and the more I thought and prayed about it, the more I thought about who God is and who I am. Um, the beauty of whatever comes out here, over the last month, God has humbled me in ways that I've never been humbled before by showing me how good he is. Um, and it's amazing to, uh, to understand that within within me, within so many of you, is the very spirit of God that desires to speak truth and to profess his goodness. And, you know, that's, I think, why we're here. I really do. Um, so uh, another, a big reason I didn't want to do this was I hate talking about myself. It's like my least favorite thing to speak of, except to my wife at night, you know, or to myself in my journal. And... I was counseled to use tonight to kind of talk about everything that went on over the last month. Um, so we'll see how it all goes. Um, we'll just kind of approach it in the best way possible. I was pretty heavily drugged for like a week and a half, so my my insights are pretty limited to the, the details, but um, I was told that I should go there anyway. So um, what kind of led to, I guess, this event tonight I went down with my family to Colorado Springs to teach Kings and Chronicles at a YWAM base um, for a week and uh, taught for the first day and then went climbing the second with one of the staff members. Um, and it was being lowered down an easy climb that I had led and I woke up two days later. Apparently the rope slipped out of his device or something happened. Still haven't had a chance to catch up with him. Um, but I ended up in the ICU with a broken body. Um, I've... Fractured, broke my pelvis, uh, a few ribs, and a big uh, concussion slash fracture to the brain that ended up cheese grating a few of the important parts that are uh, just kind of right inside the, the cranium. Um, and uh, for the first couple of days, I was on an incubator, and they were keeping my, my breath going. Um, and apparently, in like a three-day period, things started to shift at a miraculous rate. Um, they, at one point, they got my wife to sign a release form that allowed them to take off half my skull in order to allow the swelling of the brain to decrease. Um, and as they did that, as she signed that, they removed my, uh, my medication, and almost instantly I started to wake up, and so they decided to wait. Um, and from that point on, apparently, according to the surgeons and the doctors, I was increasing at a rate that made no sense whatsoever. Um, two days after being in the ICU, I was moved into a regular hospital. 
Five days later, I was moved into a rehab place. 16 days later, I was released. Drove here tonight. Right? It, it just makes no sense at all, you know, speaking with the medical professionals and even more importantly with my family and friends that were there. Um, but, you know, what I kind of want to speak about tonight um, is just what I learned along the way. Because as I moved to the um, rehab center, um, I had a whole lot of pride and control over how I wanted things to roll out. It's amazing how um, deeply that is infringed in who we are. And you, uh, you get locked into a wheelchair or zipped into a bed in the morning. You, they let you out, or at night they put you in there. Start to freak out a bit. And so I did started doing that on the people in the hospital, on the nurses, on the therapists, people that were trying to bring me back. I was finding a way that I could sign myself out. Um, it wasn't good. But then, out of nowhere, God decided to engage with my heart and my soul, my mind. Um, it's crazy. I've been studying the Bible so much over the last five years, but my eyes were so messed up that I couldn't really read. My brain was pretty frazzled, but what God started to do was just force me to pray that I trust him. Just out of the blue, when I was sitting in that wheelchair, trust me, Evan, I got this. And so I started to pray that, and I started to pray that, and this amazing mental, emotional transition started to take place where that burden of anxiety and pride just diminished to nothing where I completely submitted myself to God and then to the rehab center. The bruises went away in like two days. I could walk. Right? I could lift things. It just it made no sense whatsoever. I went from having like a very deficient testing rate mentally to being above average within like a week. It was just like God decided to interact so decisively within my mind and my soul to turn this into when I'm looking at one of the more beneficial months of my life due to who he is and what he is doing within my heart through such pain, unexpected pain. And so there's four things that I really want to kind of hammer home that he hammered into me. The first, the really all four, they deal with his character um, because this has nothing to do with the medical profession. This has nothing to do with me. It has a lot to do with you guys and my family and talk about that, but it has so much more to do with him. Um, and the first one, and you can put that list up, is that he is infinite and that we are finite. You know, I'm 33. I'd never thought about this too much, that we have this tiny little blip on the radar for our life. You know, it's so easy to just assume that things will go as you want them to go forever, but you come across a moment like this, accidents, sickness, random afflictions, you realize, man, this is all I got. You know, I kind of pictured myself as a bobber floating in the middle of an ocean, totally unattached, just completely subject to whatever came by. And soon, I was gone. But he didn't stop there. He said, yes, you are finite, but I am infinite. I am infinitude, limitless, boundlessness is another way you can describe that. I am the ocean in which your bobbish sits. You believe that you're here for just a moment and gone, but the reality is that you are so immersed in who I am 
that if you look for me, you see me everywhere and I am in control. You know, David said um, in Psalms 39, 4 and 5, if you could pull that up. Lord, let me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made days a few hand breaths and my lifetime is as nothing in your sight. Surely everyone stands as a mere breath. But as you dig deeper into the Bible and into our experience with him, there's just so much more to wrap your mind around about who God is. And if you want to go Isaiah 44, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer who formed you in the womb. I am the Lord who made all things, who stretched out the heavens, who by myself spread out the earth. You know, by grasping the truth that is in the Bible, this truth that has been passed down from 1500 B.C. through writing and on and is more conglomerated upon than anything, any other piece of scripture, you see a God who is in charge of everything. Even though we are a bit of a, a dash, we are so immersed in this amazing God who is infinite. You know, that rolls into the other one. He is sovereign and we are not. You know, I, uh, this one's hard for me. For a long time, I realized how prideful I am and how in control I desire to be of my own life. You know, daily, I believe that um, I am in control, that my time and my life are completely my own, that I can do whatever I'd like to do. But the reality, unfortunately, continually presents itself. You know, through hardships like I went through or the unknown of moving someplace new or getting married or breaking up or a new job, but even more through, more through our inability to know what is next or to understand what we did not expect, we begin to realize that we're truly not in charge. You know, when we start to see how quick our lives move, that helps. But there's so many other fringe components in our life that make us realize, man, I cannot do what I really want to do. Something's going to change my control over my life. This is, again, where you have the option to move towards despair or move towards what seems to be true. The Bible, which year after year, you get more and more evidence that this is what it says it is. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10, For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me, not you, not me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done saying, my purpose shall stand and I will fulfill my intentions. Proverbs popped into my mind pretty early on in the recovery. The human mind may devise many plans, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will be established. You know, it's, uh, I'll talk about more of my experience here in the next two points, but it's um, going through things like this, which you guys have gone through similar things. I know most of you have in different ways. You realize how out of control you really are with it all. And you realize that you, no matter what you try or say or do, have no control over the outcome. But then you start meditating upon a God who is infinite who absorbs all things because he created all things and he is around all things. And then you th start thinking about the fact that he is sovereign and that his plans are what shall be made. You know, I, I, there's no other way for me to think about the outcome of the last month, the last 33 days of my life, if God wouldn't have been directly involved in the healing process. 
you know, the, the third one, the one that really, third and fourth are definitely the big ones for me, and I, I think about them daily. Um, he is good in the midst of pain. He is so good in the midst of pain. You know, it's easy to see the pain in this world. You know, if you study your Bible, you understand that this place is fallen, it's broken. But he is good. You know, for some reason, his goodness for me has allowed me to be miraculously released from much of the physical hardship. You know, but for others, people I'm sure you know, Steve, Nick are both here. God's sovereignty does not relinquish the experience of the hurt. However, God's goodness is still poured out upon those who desire to know his will. That's where we got to meditate. No matter if it doesn't come out the way we desire, how is God's goodness poured out upon us when we seek him? You know, let's look at a verse. 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4 is all about Paul's like harsh suffering that he went through and his reflections on it. But, but we have this treasure that's the face of Jesus stored within them in Jake, there we go, clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, right? We live in a lost and broken world. It's going to happen. Our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction, look at that, crushed, persecuted, struck down. That is what he sees as slight momentary affliction is, being pre- is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eter- eternal. You know, I, uh, I wrote this down. My, my brain is a little bit foggier than I'd like it to be, so I figured I'll just read and we'll see where it goes. The goodness of God does not guarantee our physical security, which is, you know, a little bit of BS for some Christians that really subscribe to the prosperity gospel. But you read the Bible, man, persecution for being a child of God is like the biggest theme through the entire thing. Anyway, however, it speaks directly into the anguish of our soul. So the goodness of God does not secure physical benefit, but the goodness of God always speaks directly into the anguish soul. It teaches us and me, I guess taught me, that my satisfaction in this life is so fleeting and unstable, but the reality of our creator and his goodness is worth so much thought and meditation. As I began to walk out the reality of the injury to my brain, God's goodness has rested so heavily upon me. You know, we looked at an MRI last week, and there's just these little pieces of void from my brain shaking around heavily enough along the the cranium that I have absolutely no idea where I'm going to end up. None. You know, I've been so heavily focused on my brain for so long that it was just removed But the beauty of who God is in his goodness is that in those moments, even though he decided to fix my body, 
He has fixed the anguish in my soul that I might not make it back to where I want to be. Because the beauty of it, regardless of recovery or not, regardless that my life may be totally different than before, regardless if I am able to passionately desire to teach the Bible again or not, again, I didn't plan to be here. God has placed a new view within my mind and my emotion just in the last month. Even if all that I desire to use excuse me, even if all that I used to desire is gone, he is eternal, sovereign, and utterly good, and his will is now what I desire. I'm not allowed to climb for six months. Climbing was a huge passion of mine. I can't read or think the way that I used to be able to. I can't run the business that is up and running. But the beauty of it is that God through allowing my body and mind to be literally broken, released me from the deepest pursuits of my own self-glorification. It's unbelievable. Coming up here after preparing for an hour would have been anguish, anguish to my pride because I so deeply desired your approval. But God seems to be removing that through my anguish because he keeps saying, focus on how good I am. Focus on where I am. This is what I want. You know, I love what I found Deuteronomy 33, 26 through 29. Um, so this is Moses writing to Israel. If you read any of Paul in um, um, Romans we as Christians are true Israel. We who have trusted in Jesus have become Israel. So he's speaking to us as well, in my opinion. But So Israel lives in safety. Can you go back one? Thanks. There is, no, there is none like God who rides through the heavens to your help, majestic through the skies. He subdues the ancient gods, shatters the forces of old, my mind, my body, He drove out the enemy before you and said, destroy. So Israel, live in safety, untroubled in Jacob's abode, in a land of grain and wine where the heavens drop dew down. Remember, we're not promised happiness, but we are given contentment of the soul. Happy are you, O Christians, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your triumph. Your enemies shall come fawning to you and you shall tread on their backs. Maybe not physically, but emotionally, mentally, and for sure spiritually. It's just, it's so mind-boggling to me how good God is regardless of how bad we see this world being. And he is so infinite and immersed in our world that if we can just stop for a minute and start to focus on what is unseen, what is real. He's so evident. He is so evident. You know, God just continually breaks in and defeats our enemies. He gives us hope and peace far beyond what makes sense. It's, it's been amazing how much deeper I've been able to go in my relation with Steve and Nick and just how much 
of God's grace has been poured into both of their minds and their emotions while they went through what they went through. It's just mind-boggling that Nick's going on two years of paralysis and Steve has got stage four liver cancer, but neither one of them are shaken even slightly at the deepest parts of who they are because God has poured so much goodness into their souls. You know, the pain's going to come, but God's grace is poured out upon those who call on him. You know, the last one that I have is that he expresses himself through his people. Um, And this is like the main, you know, the first three are all about praising God, and this last one's about telling you all thanks. Um, You know, let's look at a verse first, just to start it. But So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is Christ God, that, excuse me, that is in Christ, God was re- reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. Here it is. So we are an ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. So it's been, like I said, it's been a humbling experience over the last month, but um, in such a good way. And to be honest, through the presence and continual prayer of fellow believers, there is no doubt that God saved my life physically, emotionally, and mentally. You know, I've studied prayer for a long time in the Bible, and it's never made sense to me, and now I'm to a point of being utterly utterly mind-blown at how powerful prayer must be. You know, it just, it is the reason why I was able to drive here, why I'm able to talk to you about how good God is because you all are ambassadors of Christ into my life and into the life of my wife and two kids. You know, having my wife and kids and parents and brothers and friends that live in Denver living at or near the hospital, staying endless hours and speaking truth into my life encouraged me to stay focused on what was true and uh, completely pushed away my negativity. But, you know, what really, you know, I'm used to that because I have such a good family, but what really broke me down in such a good way was receiving letters and text and so many comments on social media from you all. You know, it brought me literally to a wonderfully broken heart and a whole lot of tears. In the midst, while God was reaching out to me in that week of turning me back to what was right, there was this nights when I would flip through text or Facebook or CaringBridge and just read what you all were doing for me and my family. And it, it was a sort of wonderful humility I've never experienced towards a group of people before. And I would just be bawling, thanking God for each of you. You know, knowing that more people than I could ever expect were battling for me spiritually humbled my pride and allowed me to trust God deeper. What's been wild is that these experiences have caused me to have an entirely new perspective on someone who has allowed God to change her heart. You know, like it said in Second Corinthians 5.17, that whoever is in Christ is a new creation and just seeing how compassionate and loving you are because of what God has done in your heart towards somebody who is hundreds of miles away just doing his own thing. It's just changed my view. You know, through your love and compassion 
that you showed to me and my family, God's begun to open my heart to how much he desires to use his people in his perfect will. Like I said, prayer has always boggled me, but the fact that a sovereign, perfect, infinite God desires to use his people to change the world, it's just so hard to believe, but you look at this situation, there's no other way to explain it. God desires to bring his perfect will into this world through his miracles, but through your heart and your giftedness. You know, as I think through this throughout the days, there's so many notes that spoke so deeply to my heart through the way that you guys were just transparent and your giftedness and the way the Spirit was speaking through you. It's just, it's amazing what a body can do. It really is. You know, your prayers, there's no other way to put it, but your prayers seemed to have healed my body and huge chunks that were missing in my brain. Tuesday. It's coming. Nice. It's good to know. It's, it's incredible, right? It's incredible. You know, um, I think that as I get re-engaged with this body in whatever form that looks, that has to be a new priority of ours. We got to use what God's given us to bring healing and love and goodness to other people. So one thing that I just want to leave as a walk away First off, say thank you so much for praying, for loving on me. Corey, thanks for the text so early on. It's just, it's amazing. It all sits so deep within my soul of how much I love you guys. Um, But one walk away thing that God has been kind of changing in my heart as he removed my mind and my logic, my desires to do what I've always wanted to do and kind of has this entirely gray future in front of me. You know, I have no idea where I'm going, but he has taught me that we have now and only now. This is our moment. You have no idea what's around the corner. He does. He's, he's infinite. He's sovereign and he will protect you, but we have no idea. And God is here. Literally, according to the Bible, according to my experience and millions of others, God is literally in our presence. Within all, a lot of you, hopefully all of you, but even within all of creation, he is here. And we must be willing to continually seek what is real now and not our illusions. We don't need to wait for some major fall down a rocky cliff to be woken up to the reality. Our illusions, which shine so brightly in our culture, pull us away from what is true and real, and they lead us into fear and anxiety and hatred and greed. But the reality is God in the midst of us saying, now is what you have. Seek me, and I will give you what you need. Regardless of where you're at, if you're just seeking God now or you have some questions or if you're seasoned in your faith, this is so true. God is here and he desires to hear you cry out for him. He desires for you to set apart time every day to say, God, I believe in you. I trust you. How should I live? There's a verse in Isaiah 
that kind of speaks to this. Listen, everyone who thirsts, come to the water. And if you have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Wine and milk are obviously the crucial parts of culture. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. This is God talking. Delight yourself in rich food, his blessings, his wisdom. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. Thinking when Jesus said, live your life, live an abundant life. Seek the Lord while he may be found, which is here and now. Call upon him while he is near. It's just as simple as that. You know, prior to the accident, I had figured it out and forgot it and figured it out and forgot it, and here I have figured it out again. The main question we ask is, who do I trust? Every day. Who do you trust? It's God or it's a billion other things. And the answer to that question determines everything in your life. You know, God brought me to a crux mentally, emotionally, physically. But obviously he wants you to think about it too. Apparently he's big enough to heal that which is broken but he also knows what's broken in you. Mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. And he wants to give you life. Yeah. I'll pray. You guys can come up. Praise a little more. God, I, uh, I praise you for who you are. I praise you for allowing me to have a little bit more insight into the depth of your character. I, uh, man, I thank you for this community. I thank you for the people that you have so richly poured into my life through. I ask that you would continue to pour out your goodness upon them. Show them the richness of your character and your endless desire to know for them to know you more for you to impact their day-to-day routine to to just give life in the momentary dullness that we tend to experience allow your spirit to touch their hearts and their minds just move in this place god you are so big and so powerful i trust you with whatever comes Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to close with the song, but first what we're going to do is just pray uh, for Evan.